coming up this week. A weekend of running uh, at the Disneyland Resort. Knott's Berry Farm helps Cedar Fair's bottom line. And the Jungle Cruise returns. Plus, later, Tony is in with a review of Breakfast at Rancho de Zocalo. All that coming up next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 573 for the week of May 8th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friend, <laughs> Michael Bowling. How are you, Michael? I'm fine. Aloha. There you go. you got a trip coming up, don't you? We do. Carol and I leave for Alani bright and early before dawn, Monday morning. <laughs> Actually, we get picked up in just a few hours after <laughs> nice. this recording. Wow. Uh, hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to listen... Ooh, that sounded funny. Mixler. Uh, if you want to listen live every Sunday evening beginning at 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, log on to Mixler.com. It's M-I-X-L-R.com. And join, and ch- join us and chat with other people that are listening. Um, again, Michael is here, but Tony is traveling. He v- went and visited his mom, and now he's traveling to his next destination. Uh, Mary Jo was traveling this weekend and is a bit under the weather. Traveling got to her. And Nancy has... Nancy's not here. Um, <laughs> I was going to say a death in the family, but that's not really true. Well, her chickens, they're like family. They are like family, yes. She's having some some poultry <clears throat> some poultry problems. Thank you. I was trying to think of a cute P word, but it just didn't <laughs> come out. Um, <laughs> be sure to check out the rest of the Diz Unplugged family of shows. Of course, Mondays is the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show. Tuesdays is the Orlando Show live at 10 a.m. Pacific. And Thursdays is the Universal Show, uh, also live at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, and then somewhere in there is the new Diz Pop Show, uh, focused on. That's Fridays, culture. isn't it? Um, I think, I think it's Fridays. So that one is not live though, so it kind of goes up randomly. Um, and then of course every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. is the Daily Fix. Um, and of course, Remind you about the Diz Unplugged 10th anniversary event coming up in July. Details on that are on the boards, and there is a link to that on our show notes page at www.disunplugged.com. Um, I will be there. I think Michael will be there. Mary Jo was talking about being there, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do a Disneyland meet, which will be fun. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a live recording. Not, not, a, not at Cirque du Soleil, maybe just like in... Around the Some pool back or something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Country Bear Jamboree Theater or something. Uh, so, all right. Um, I we were gonna Mary Jo and I were gonna talk about the uh, the chicken dinner at. Um, I'm so flustered tonight with just 
I don't know. Um, at Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant. But since she's not here, we'll wait again for that. Um, and isn't it ironic that you're going to talk about Mrs. Knott's oh, Chicken Dinner don't, and don't, Nancy? No, 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 no. Nancy's no. out due to chicken <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to mention is we had talked about that there is, is a new uh, a new bar area at Mrs. Knott's. Um, and we went in there. And they don't have the bar menu per se yet. They'll, they will serve you dinner in there, but they're still waiting until like the official, official grand opening to unveil their new bar menu that's supposed to have like different appetizers and, and finger foods and stuff like that. Plus like special drinks. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we can go back and, and check that out very soon once that, once that opens up. Um, we just finished up uh, last week, week ago, with um, Karen, um, helping her plan her trip. If you would like to help the Diz, if you would the like the Diz Unplugged Disneyland team to help you plan your trip, sh- uh, drop Call me a line in now. Call in now one eight hundred. No, send me send me email tom at wwinfo.com and just tell me when you're coming, um, who's coming with you, and what kind of help you think you need. So, and if you catch my eye and the dates work because we always want to have you on at least a couple times to help you plan your trip. And then of course we want you to come back and talk about it because what's the fun of helping plan it if we don't um, hear what actually happens. So mm-hmm. uh, the fun. Yeah. Um, before we get onto anything else, housekeeping. Um, oh, speaking of housekeeping, Shanghai needs to do some housekeeping. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> did you see those? I did. Yeah. I did. I, I've been really tuned in to Shanghai. Well, yeah, because you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm signed up to go on the, on the trip October night, October 2017 with Unlimited Travel. Should be clean by then. <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean, that was, that's amazing. Well, tell, tell folks what's going on. Well, what they did was they opened up the metro station that leads to Shanghai Disneyland. And what they have is Disney Town, which is our version of, uh, you know, downtown Disney or for you Orlando folks, um, Disney Springs. And they had opened it up and, so that folks can start to sort of get a feel for what is Disney. Because remember, they, they, they really don't know anything about Disney post World War II. So Disney has been on an education campaign for the last year, year and a half or so, bringing them up to speed on um, Disney. They are familiar with Pixar though. And um, so they all, they came in. I mean, they flooded Disney town and they, um, th- well, what was left in their wake was a whole lot of trash. They, some of this was similar to what went on in, in Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney at the time. They, they trampled the flower beds. They, you know, walked onto the, you know, they stepped over fences that were protecting lawns and flower beds and got into them. They picked the flowers in order to use them to pose as photos, you know, in photos with them. They, uh, when, children had to go to the bathroom they just urinated in the flower beds and i'm assuming that there were restrooms available to them and and also they for instance there there was at least one photo of in what it looked like a lamp post they in in chinese characters 
carve their names um, in it to indicate that they were there. So, uh, the, so the photos after they left were were pretty for for us here in the U.S. They were pretty shocking. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Disney addresses this, mm-hmm. because at you know they did make accommodations at Disneyland Paris in terms of understanding that there in Paris, you know people view parks differently and so they did change the landscaping they did change how the layouts of things to accommodate uh that culture so i it's going to be interesting to see are they you know are they going to try to you know again do more of a, a sort of a cultural campaign to explain to them this is how you behave in the parks or are they going to be doing some changes to the park itself but people are concerned about what's going to happen when the doors open you know when the gates open in june and and you know the hope is is that you know uh, disney town is free but they're hoping paying guests won't do the same thing but people who have gone to disneyland paris you'll note that there people do graffiti the uh the attractions they do carve their name you know i've seen photos of the the sides of of phantom manor that have graffiti on them and and things like that so anyway so um so it's it's going to be interesting just to see how they deal with it that's really really interesting the the differences in cultures because Mm -hmm. most folks in the u.s would not even think about doing that at Disneyland. No, no. But, you know, again, we've had 60 years of Western culture. um, You know, who knows? The interesting thing is, is that, you know, I talked a a few weeks ago, they had the presentation by Marty Scalar uh, at the Walt Disney Family Museum on the, you know, on all the, all the international parks. And, you know, then they had the live stream to the team, the, the Shanghai team. And one of the people on the team whose name escapes me, and I don't have my notes in front of me. She was like the cultural liaison between Disney and Imagineering and, you know, in, and, and, um, basically, and, and China in the sense that she was there to, explain to Disney sort of the Chinese culture and how to incorporate it and how to sort of adjust adjust to the culture and and to and at the same time incorporate it into the park right. so i i think she certainly uh, there was probably a big meeting that, that <laughs> she was invited to <laughs> um the next day so now now on the in the chatterati here um so they said that the the public was let let into the park today. Okay. So I have I haven't <laughs> been on social media today. Yeah, so there's, um, there's, I haven't seen anything. There's videos of the of the neutron ride. I, that I've around. seen. Yeah. I, I'm definitely um, taking motion sickness pills with me. <laughs> but I've not seen how the how again how they're treating the park itself. So um, anyway. So, so we'll see. Mm. And, um, no, uh, from what I understand, Shanghai is not doing magic bands. Oh, yeah, no, they which, are not. Which is, um, Dusty asked that. No, they are not. Yeah. I believe magic bands are going to be limited to, um, Walt Disney World. Yes. So. I mean, there, there, there's the rumors out this week that, um, well, and actually they're testing, um, having 
using the barcodes on the fast passes that will either be attached to your phone or attached to your ticket or something like that. Um, and uh, one of my one of my friends was at the parks this week and had it showed had a picture of the new um, or a, a testing stand that they were using to to scan your fast pass tickets instead of just handing them to the attendant or to the cast member. Hmm. So then, of course, the rumor about um, Ghost Galaxy. Oh, not what's Ghost the Galaxy. rumor? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not Ghost Galaxy. What am I thinking? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, jeez. Taking over yeah. Tower of Terror. Uh, I can understand that they want more Marvel in that corner of the park. They need to do something to that corner of the park. Oh, and they definitely need to have Marvel. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it makes sense to have it in California. Right. Because right. of the restrictions with Universal in Orlando. Um and you know, as as I I don't care not necessarily care about the theming of Tower of Terror. I like the tr- attraction I like the, the thrill of the attraction. So if they could keep the thrill of the attraction and retheme it, I have no problem with that. He did, I only saw Guardians of the Galaxy once, and I haven't purchased the um, Blu-ray yet. Uh, you, you know, it's a it's based on the collector who came at the end of the film. I mean, did you see it? Do you? I have, have... I have not seen it. Okay, I, I, I think he has more. The collector has more of a presence in the second movie. I'm guessing. Okay, because I'm just trying to figure out how are they going to retheme that big giant hotel to the collector right. because it's because basically the attraction is going to be the same thing yeah yeah and uh, i don't know i'm just hoping it's a dumb rumor <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it's, it's got legs though i don't know we'll see yeah i mean it's at least is it's at least something i think they're looking at oh i'm sure they are because that's really the only place i think is that the only expansion area that's left yeah, the yeah the the was it, it Timon? Yeah, Timon. Yeah, yeah and that so that the, they've said for a long time that was going to be Marvel. Yeah. Um. Well, the, now they're now they're saying that maybe the coaster will go in where stage seventeen is and, and yeah that area, which will still leave Timon for more expansions. So mm-hmm. we'll see. How that all plays out, and that's not going to be very soon. I, you, wouldn't you think they would finish with Star Wars before they start tackling that? You'd think so, unless, um, yeah, you would think well, so, uh, unless. Well, well, they have to spend that, um, oh, that one point five billion or yeah. something. Yeah. So it, so and how much? I don't know offhand how much Star Wars Land is, but a billion, I, I think. I, I thought Marvel, at least some of that was part of it. Yeah. Yep. So, Ryan on the boards, uh, Ryan on in the Chatterati here is saying the coaster slated for 2020. Right, so it's a it's a ways off. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Marvel, you saw Captain America. I did. I saw Captain America yesterday, 
And I enjoyed it. First of all, I have never seen so many superheroes all in one place. <laughs> and I didn't. And Since I thought, the where super did, friends. Where did they all come from? I mean, I'm trying to remember <laughs> back to the previous films and I don't remember seeing Vision and, and some of these others, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, the, I mean, and the interesting thing is, is that it, besides it being a lot of action, uh, but the action I think is well placed. It, um, it, there's questions of loyalty, friendship that it gets into. A really good sort of thought-provoking things about, you know, government control and government expansion and, and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, so th- it has, it has a good storyline, you know, unlike the Transformers, the last Transformers film where everybody said it was just one big long battle. And or or the or the Superman film that came out a while back, where everybody said it was just one big fight. So I thought it was really well done. Uh, a couple of interesting things that I found out is Disney Movie Rewards. If you you can link Disney Movie Rewards to um, Fandango, uh, you can. Um, what happens then is to your Fandango account, what happens then is, is that after you see a Disney film, it automatically um, will give you your Disney movie reward points. Nice. So you don't have to do the whole thing of, of you know, going on and getting the little code for your, you know, Disney uh, for your movie ticket and then photo photographing it, you know, taking a photo of it and uploading it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that's really nice. Yeah. The other thing is, is that I saw it at Regal and you can link your, your, if you're a Regal Crown member, you can link your Regal Crown Club number to Fandango. But, um, when I was, so I saw it at a Regal theater in the next town from us and they have a Regal besides the regular, um, program that they have of points they have a special one for disney where the more disney films you see the more rewards and points you get and then they have some uh slightly special rewards based on the number of disney films you see so you want to uh take so you want to take a look at that very cool so anyway oh sorry keith spoiler alert but um i don't think i gave anything away that wasn't in one of the previous, commercials yeah. I saw. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I like I didn't say that you know that Captain America died at the end. Oh, stop! <laughs> no, but definitely you want to stay through the very, very end of the credits because they do now. What they're doing is they're doing. Nancy has a name for that, and I can't think of what it is. Uh, where you know you they do the credits start rolling and then they have a little you know like cookie or something in there and then you think oh okay and you leave you got to stay to the very end they have something else in there also that that tends to let you know about what the next film an upcoming marvel film might be so that they've already announced so we all know what it is <laughs> so all right any anyway. other housekeeping that you can think of? Oh, uh, I can't think of anything. Okay, cool. So. We will head off to the news. Uh, congratulations to the 15,000 runners who completed the fifth annual Tinkerbell Half Marathon this weekend. The winner of the rate of the 13.1 mile race was Jennifer Serna of Fullerton, a local girl. 
more than 4,000 people participated in the Pixie Dust Challenge, which is the half marathon plus a 10K the day before. I'm just, I'm getting tired just reading this. Um, of course, our own Tony Spatel ran on the, in the premier race four years ago and hasn't run since. Uh, so again, congratulations to everyone there. Uh, next story, Cedar Fair is reporting a record start to 2016. First quarter net revenue for the three months ending March 27th was up $12 million to $58 million. Uh, this is the seventh consecutive year for record-setting performance for Cedar Fair. Uh, they attribute the strong beginning of the year to Cedar Fair's only year-round park, our own Knott's Berry Farm in California. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm has seen a dramatic increase in season pass sales. Some of the success was due to the Boysenberry Festival, which brought crowds into the park, and last summer's new ride, The Voyage to the Iron Reef. Um, they're looking forward to this summer's planned 75th anniversary. And, of course, the Ghost Town Alive and the new Ghost Rider. Um, they declared a company cash distribution of $0.825 or $0.82.5 cent, $0.82 per unit, payable June 15th. And they anticipate strong performance in all of the parks year-round based on season pass sales and group bookings. According to Matt Wimet. We are delivering an experience our guests are prioritizing over possessions. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> the company has strong confidence in its future and declared they will meet their long-term goal of cash on hand of $500 million in 2017, one year early. So that's very cool. And congratulations <laughs> to Knott's Berry Farm for leading the way. And then our last news story. The Jungle Cruise reopened last week after being closed for almost four months. Um, there were some repairs to a few animatronics. Some of the elephants needed a little TLC, and the python needed a new tree. Um, <laughs> he needed a new tree. Yeah, he squeezed the, it to death. Squeezed it to death. Did you see that video of them flying I, the elephant I in? I didn't see it, but yeah, I, we see that every once in a while when that when mm -hmm. they're replacing the elephant, they they have to fly him in. Mm -hmm. Um, the big news, of course, is the brand new dock. Um, there's oh, only, good. there's so, only so one. So far, people, people won't fall in anymore and be eaten by piranha. Exactly. It's happened all the time. Mm -hmm. It was chilling. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are rollers on either side of the dock. And so the, the boat is kind of sandwiched in between the two. Um, so the, and it, so it stabilizes the boat. Uh, so no more rocking and, you know, they don't have to like hold your hand and all that to get on the boat anymore. They don't even have to attach ropes anymore because it's so stable. It looks like they maybe, oh, wow. yeah, uh, looks like they maybe extended the boat and made it even where the, where the entry points are. Um, instead of, instead of the boat being rounded at that point, they, they had a little, a little piece to it, so there's a better step for you to get into the boat. Um, hmm. Looks looks way safer. I don't think it's it's to the point of uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean where it's on rollers underneath. I don't think that's the case. I haven't I haven't looked closely at the video, but it's just the rollers on the sides that are keeping the boat from tipping and and moving. So kind of kind of cool, safer, and really, and it's not like it's affecting the aesthetics of the ride 
You know what I mean? It's not not so, not something stupid that OSHA's be, that some of the other things that OSHA has made happen. Of course, now it seems a little less jungly because they're not, you know, throwing the ropes and yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. You know, and all but that. But the oh rest well. of the ride is the same. So, so no new scenes or anything like that. No, no, not that Keith I- said they are. They added. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, no Hoot Dad uh, on in the Chatterati said they added Scarlett Johansson's voice to the snake. <laughs> yeah, right. But don't say what that means because Keith will go bonkers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Nice. All right, uh, so that is the news. Uh, not not a lot going on. Uh, time for rapid fire. You want to go first? <laughs> sure. Okay. Cool. Um, well, you know, you get like three when, turns. So, <laughs> well, you know, when people think of Disney artists, we always think of Mary Blair for her style, and when you see it, when you see her art, you immediately know it's Mary Blair. But there's another artist that, when you see his art, you know who it is but you may not know his name and that's Ivan Earl and he had a really interesting childhood when he was 10 years old he uh his parents went through a really horrible divorce um and so his dad sort of whisked him away and took him took him around the world and what he told his son was every day he had to paint or read a book and so what they did was, you know, Ivan was given a, a chance to travel the world and learn all about different cult, uh, countries and cultures at a very, very young age and allowed him to develop his uh, natural artistic talent that both of his parents recognized at an early on, so uh, at an early age. So by the time he was 23, um, Earl was a top selling artist in New York and he caught the attention of the Met in New York, who purchased, um, you know, uh, his watercolors for their permanent exhibit. And then the interesting thing is in 1951, he became an assistant background painter at Walt Disney Studios. And his, uh, the first time we saw his art was in the Oscar animated short film, uh, Whistle Plunk Toot and Boom in 1953. And he was employed for a decade. Uh, by Disney Studio. Uh, he did uh, the settings for Peter Pan, um, Paul Bunyan, uh, and Lady and the Tramp. But where we all really know him is Sleeping Beauty in 1959, where he was the production designer, the color stylist, and the background painter. And he gave that film its distinctive medieval feel. And he also, uh, you know, you, you know those square trees you know, uh, that, that, um, are, are Ivan Earls. I'm still trying uh, to figure out how to know. grow them. I know. Well, go to Disneyland Paris because they've managed to do it somehow for their castle. And also, speaking of Disneyland, our Disneyland, he did the, he painted five murals at, at for our Disneyland, including the dioramas for Sleeping Beauty's castle. And he then, um, moved on in 1961 where he became, um, he worked for um, United Artists and he uh, like, for instance, he did the animated trailer sequence for the opening of West Side Story. And then he went on and became his own. Um, he, he just became his he started his own um, company kind of thing, did his own artwork and all that. And he did uh, um, 
artwork for corporations like Chrysler and the Kellogg Cereal Company. He did earn the, uh, he was awarded the Windsor McKay Award for Lifetime Achievement in, uh, in 1998, and he passed away in 2000 at the age of 84. If you want to learn more about though Ivan Earl, you can you can if you are in a Los Angeles um, area between May twentieth, um, twenty sixteen to January first, you can go to the Forest Lawn Museum in Glendale, and they are and and I know it's people think it's a little odd that, that a cemetery would have a museum, but Nancy has talked about this many times about Forest Lawn and its artwork, its its um, sculptures and and its museum and. And they are going to feature his original oil paintings, watercolors, drawings, and sketches, um, many of which have never been on public display before. So this exhibit is called um, Ivan Earl, an exhibit of a Disney legend. And like I said, it's from May 20th, 2016 through January 1st, 2017. They're going to have over 65 of his works, including three background paintings from Sleeping Beauty that are on loan from the Walt Disney Animation Research Library. And I know I saw one of them um, during when I was um, at the Animation Research Library a while ago. So this is at the Forest Lawn Museum in Glendale. It's at 1712 South Glendale Boulevard. And admission and parking are free of charge. So uh, this is one I'm really going to try to go and see. Very and cool. Anyway, yeah. So, um, and for free. Whoever heard Disney free? Right, all right, in, right. I mean, those words just don't go together. <laughs> all right. I will go next, and then somebody else can go. Um <laughs> There's someone on the board. Yes, here. there you go. But <laughs> anybody in the chat room have have a, have a rapid fire. All right, it's time again for it's almost time again for Knott's Coaster Campout. Your opportunities to support Boys and Girls Clubs of America and camp for one night at Knott's Berry Farms Park Pavilion Center. Uh, date is August 27th and 28th. Cost is $250. Um, and includes a 10 by 10 campsite, 10 foot by 10 foot campsite, plus admission to both Knott's Berry Farm and Soak City on both days. Uh, that's admission for four people, maximum of four people. Uh, parking on both days, a continental breakfast when you wake up on the 28th, and a half hour early admission to Knott's Berry Farm on the 28th. So that's not too bad. Um, kind of fun. And, and for a good cause, you can find more information and a schedule at um, Knott's Berry Farms website or on or I'll have a link to that on our show notes page. Now, where do you camp? Uh, um, it's in the it's in the if you when you walk underneath the the um, little tunnel to go to the to the go to the parking lot, which is on the left side. Mm-hmm. Uh over on the right side is like a picnic area and things like that. And it's, it's there. Oh, okay. Where you would camp. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Cause they do, uh, like waking up with, with Snoopy. I'll pull up the schedule real quick since we have the time. Um, (laughs) yeah, you, you, you get, you can, you can go to knots all day on, um, on the 27th. Uh, let's see. There we go. I wonder if like, um, Cub Scout troops and all right. that take yeah. advantage of this. Right. Uh, so, 
starting at 10 a.m. on the 27th. You can register and get your get your tickets. Um, you can start setting up your campsite at 7 p.m. at, but you can also still go back to uh, Knott's Berry Farm until 10 p.m. when Knott's Berry Farm closes. Uh, they will have entertainment, camp out entertainment from 10:15, starting at 10:15, uh, and then at 11 o'clock it's quiet time. Uh, 7:30 a.m. on Sunday, the 28th, wake up. Uh, you get a wake up call from Snoopy. From 7.30 to 9, they have breakfast, and you, you camp up, or you pack up and, and put everything in your car. Then at 9.30, you have early ride time in Camp Snoopy and at the Fiesta Village. And then 10 a.m., Knott's Berry Farm and Soak City open to the general public. So, they have these cool things. I, I was trying to find more information, but they call, they're calling them ride and slide tickets. Which hmm. I am assuming is the the hopper, basically that you ride at Dotsbury Farm or slide at Soak City. So very kind of cool. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Uh, there was something else I was going to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Anyway, okay. I can, I can give you a little Hawaii fun fact. Oh, yes, please. Let's see. Um, I, I had them all right in front of me here. <laughs> um, let's see. Did you know that Hawaii produces about 320,000 tons of pineapple each year? Is that all? Yeah, it's nowhere near as much as it used to wow. be. But Carol and I plan to go to the Dole Plantation. Nice. Everybody says they make the best Dole Whip. Okay. Well, because it's like fresh, fresh. I guess. Uh. I th- I suspect it's because they 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 use milk or something. Right. In it. So. Um, if you are in Orlando, I will be in Orlando from May. I arrive late on the seventeenth, so I'll be there in the parks like the eighteenth, nineteenth. And maybe the 20th and 21st this month. So if you're in Orlando, uh, message me on Facebook or Twitter, and I would be glad to s- say hello somewhere. I literally land yeah. <laughs> from Hawaii. I spend a day sort of doing laundry, unpacking and all that, and then I get on a plane for Orlando. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then we're, we're recording and- our, our segments for the for the June event. So mm-hmm. should be fun. Um, and then of course, coming up in a couple weeks is the premiere of Frozen. Mary Jo will be there, hopefully, uh, taking that all in. So make sure you're following her on social media. Um, and of course, following the Diz on social media, we'll have, we'll have reports from that. That's on the 26th, night of the 26th of the media, media premiere. So. That, some of the little video that Disney Parks has shared, mm-hmm. it, it looks amazing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Michael. Um, for those of you listening live, uh, be sure to stay around for Tony's review of Rancho de Zoglo. Uh, that is going to do it for the segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. You didn't hold it. <laughs> <laughs>